Why don't you say it for yourself? I know God's been good to me. I know he's been good to me. I know he's been good to you. One thing, one reason I know he's been good to you is he woke you up this morning. Uh, that's a blessing right there. Another reason I know he's been good is he kept you in your right mind. Hallelujah. Another reason that I know he's been good is he gave you enough strength to make it in this house on today. That's enough to give God some praise for Hallelujah. Now say it again. Say, I know he's been good. And if you need another reason to praise him, let me tell you, somebody, somebody didn't make it. Somebody didn't make it this morning. But praise God that we're one of the ones who did. And it's not because we earned it, and it's not because we deserved it. But God touched us with his grace and his mercy and allowed us to be in his house. The saints used to say, just one more time. Just one more time. I'm, I'm glad to be in the number. Just one more time. He didn't have to let me live, but I'm glad to be in the number. Just one more time. Somebody say, just one more time. Come on, Sister Cynthia, tell it. Say it for him. Say, just one more time. Uh, just one more time. <laughs> See, when, you, when you've been through something, just one more time takes on a whole nother meaning. When you thought you weren't going to make it, wish I had some help here this morning. When you thought you weren't going to make it, just one more time takes on a whole other meaning. When you laid in the bed and didn't think you were going to get up, when you can get up and say, just one more time, hallelujah. Whatever I say, just one more time, just one more time. I didn't think I would make it, but God allowed me to be here just one more Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Just one more time. Say it again. Say just one more time. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah! 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 It's good. Cynthia said, I got to stand up on that one. Because some you don't know. Oh, shut up. You don't know the whole story. You don't know our whole testimony. Point at somebody and say, you don't know my whole story. You don't know everything that I've been through. You don't know what it took for me to get where I am right now. But because I know I, I have a responsibility to give God some praise. Because I know I, I have a responsibility to open my mouth and give him the praise. Because I know he's worthy. Somebody say he's worthy. I know he's worthy. Hallelujah.
to be praised. Hallelujah. I have a personal responsibility to praise him. Because I, I think you'll praise God with me. But you might not praise God like I will. Because I know what he's done for me. <laughs> uh, somebody say it with me. Say, I know what he's done for me. You can't tell it like I can. What the Lord has done for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speaking of somebody who went through something, let's talk about Job for a minute. Job chapter 1 verse 6 says, Now, in the English Standard Version, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house? and all that he has on every side. You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you for a few moments from the thought, living outside. Say that with me. Say living outside. How do I live through exposure? And what do I mean by how do, how do I live through, uh, live through exposure? There's something, there's a delineation that, that, that God makes in the story of Job that I think we need to be aware of. And that delineation that he makes that we're going to talk about and, 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 and discuss on this morning is that there is living inside the hedge, and then there's living outside the hedge. There's living inside the hedge, and then there's being exposed to living outside the hedge. And today, we're going to talk about living outside, and for my young people, for the, the 25 and under who will get it, you can use this as a subtopic, we outside. The, the young folks, they'll understand that. We, we outside. We're going to talk about living outside the hedge. Now, now the, the thing that makes clear this delineation is the conversation between God and the devil. When God calls the men and then the devil is amongst them, he speaks and he actually makes reference to Job. It is God who recommends Job to the devil. God himself says, have you thought about, have you considered, have you, has it entered your mind that how faithful Job is? There's none like him in the earth, a faithful man who is upright and who turns away from evil and he does only that which is good. And, and when he says that, then the devil, he says, well, there is an exception re relative to Job. First of all, he has a lot of possessions. If you read the first five verses of, of Job 1, it tells you he had like 3,000 camels. 
thousands of sheep and, and all of these possessions. And he had all of these children and, and he had a wife and all of this land and all of these possessions and property that, that belonged to Job. He said, first of all, he's a man of great, a man of great means. He has a lot. But not only does he have a lot, he says, in addition to all that he has, you have constructed a hedge around him. You have put a, a hedge of protection about him where I am not able to touch him. I cannot put my hands upon him. So then when I began to understand that, that God had constructed the hedge and it was only by God's permission, which is a blessing itself, because sometimes we need to live inside the hedge. Oh, thank God for the hedge. I wish I had help here. Sometimes we need to exist inside the hedge, especially before we really get it right with God. We need a lot of protection. We need a lot of support. We need a lot of covering. We need a lot of help. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Sometimes we need that in our lives just so that we can make it. So I thank God for the hedge, but I want to explore for a few moments how it is when you have to live outside the hedge. Because there is, are some lessons to be learned by people from people who lived outside the hedge. If I show of hands, I just want to see where my real people are. How many of you ever felt like you were living outside the hedge? That, that, that it seemed like storm after storm was coming, complication after complication was coming. And it was an onslaught of problems that, that, that was coming, much like Job experienced right after this part of the text. We know that he lost all of his sheep, and he, he lost all of his donkeys, and he, and he lost all of his cattle, and he, and he lost all of his children. And even, even his wife started talking crazy to him. He, he began to experience what people on a daily, a daily basis feel when you're living outside the hedge. And, and, and we're going to talk about the purpose of living outside the hedge, but I first want to talk about the experience of living outside the hedge. Because one of the things about living outside or, or being outside is that you learn to live life a little differently. You learn to experience life a little different when you're outside. Somebody say, we outside. <laughs> When you're outside the head, you, you learn to live life a little different. What I'll tell you is outside people know how to use what they have. Outside people know how to use what they have. When I think about that, I, I think of Elisha, not Elijah, but Elisha, when he, he went to the woman who, had, who was out of oil, and she was a widow, and not only was she a widow, but her husband had died, and she was in debt, and the creditors were coming to take her sons as slaves to, to, to cure her indebtedness. And, and when she got to that point, she said, I, I, I don't have oil. He said, what do you have? But then he said, what do you have in the house? He said, I have a vessel, and it has a little bit of oil in it. He said, well, what I, what I want you to do is using what you have on the inside of the house, I want you to go and borrow other vessels. So he taught her how to borrow other vessels. Outside people know how to borrow things. Come on, y'all. Come on, talk to me in here. That she borrowed some vessels from her neighbors, and when she had a lot of empty vessels that were inside her house and she could find no more, the, the prophet spoke to her and said, well, just begin to pour out of the cruise of oil into the vessels that you have borrowed. 
And when she began to pour out of the oil, she began to fill the vessels to the point that the cruise of oil did not stop pouring until all the vessels were full. She had to use what she had inside the house. And I came to ask somebody today, what's in your house? What do you have that's inside the house? Because this is how God works. The the vessel, the oil did not stop pouring until all the empty vessels were full. What I'm telling you is God uses our emptiness. Uh, God uses our emptiness. God uses our emptiness. God uses our availability. We sing the song, Lord, I'm available to you. You want to know where God is? God is at the place where people acknowledge that they need him. That's where he is. If you you want to know where God is, God is at the place because my God shall supply all, all I need according to his riches and glory. God will be found at the place where people, get this, acknowledge that they need him. So, so, so the, the pride comes before a destruction, destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. It does you no good to have a proud look when you need something. <laughs> does you no good to be proud when you need something. Does no good to act like you got it together when you need something. What, what God desires is people who will acknowledge that they need him. How do I know? You remember Jesus. Jesus was in the house of, of Simon, and Simon had invited, the Pharisee had invited him into his house and had invited him to eat, and he was sitting there eating, and then all of a sudden, a woman of the streets came in with her alabaster box of oil, and she got down on her knees, and she washed Jesus' feet with her oil, and she wiped it with her hair, and the men of the house said, he ought to know that's a sinner, but Jesus, they didn't even say it out loud, but it said, Jesus, perceiving their thoughts, said, now, I came in this house and you didn't wash my feet and and you didn't offer me any water for my feet and you didn't offer me any oil to anoint my feet but this woman has come get this out of the abundance of her need she know you 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 don't mind me being here and and i'm coming down your street so hold on you don't mind me being here but she needs me and she doesn't mind letting everybody know that she needs me And the problem with some of us is we would like to have Jesus. We don't mind having Jesus. We don't mind coming to church. As long as our service of God does not inconvenience our lifestyle. Uh, If the prayer meeting is going to run into my favorite show, then we might have a problem. If coming to church is going to interfere with my favorite activity, then we might have a problem. Oh, if this consecration that we're on is going to interfere with what I'm trying to do in my social life, then I might have a problem. The issue is we like to have Jesus, but we've stopped acting like we need him. Oh, come on in here. I, I, I can tell because sometimes when, we, when, you, when you have the, the call to the altar and you ask people to come, there are some people that, that'll sit there and need him and sit in their, their seats. And there are some people who, who really need him and don't mind letting people know that they'll need him. They'll come down running and crying. They ain't worried about makeup. They're not worried about how they look because they have the mindset that as the heart panteth after the water book, so panteth my soul after thee, oh God, I don't mind. Letting him know that, Lord, I need you. I need you. I, 
I need you. And when you've been outside long enough, I wish I had some real folks in here. When, when you've been outside long enough, you don't mind acknowledging that you need him. Oh, I'll tell you, we got a heat wave this last weekend. Uh, you, you stay outside long enough, you're going you're gonna to acknowledge that you need some help. <laughs> I need some air. I need a cold towel. I need some ice. I need some water. You can sit out there looking at a fool and, and die a heat stroke if you want to. At some point, you're going to acknowledge, I'm outside. I am exposed, and I need some help. Some of us are out there sweating and hot. And thirsty and in need of relief. Have the nerve to try and straighten our back and stick out our chest and act like we all right. God despises the pride that we have in our look when we won't acknowledge that we need him. Somebody in this place say, Lord, I need you. Now I want you to say it like you mean to say, Lord, I need you. My Lord, I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind. I, I don't mind. I'm not worried about you. I don't care how you look at it at me. I don't care what you think about me when I do it. But Lord, I need you. David and Samuel, when he, when, he, when he came down and they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into the house of David, he began to dance before the Lord. And he, he began to dance with all his might. He danced to some of his clothes started to begin to fall off. And then he got back to his house and his wife, who was, who was Saul's daughter, she said, didn't you make a fool out of yourself today? But David said, said, girl, he said, you don't know what, you, what you're talking about. He said, it was the Lord that appointed me as king over Israel, over your father. It, it was the Lord that put me here. And because the Lord has done so much for me, he said, you hadn't seen me dance yet. You hadn't seen me act a fool. He said, I will dance and praise before the Lord with all my might because I know what is done for me. I know how much I need him. Oh, how much I need him. Don't let your pride... Get in the way of acknowledging how much you need God because outside people, they know how to use what's in the house. The other thing that outside people know how to help each other. <laughs> I said outside people know how to help each other. And, and, and I'm going to have to go old school with this because some of our older saints in here, they'll tell you that they, they might not have it and, and, and the other might not have somebody else, but they'll come together and they're going to make sure that we have what we need. Y'all not going to talk to me here. They, they, now, you might not have, you might not have oil and, and I, I might not have water and, and you might not have bread, but one or the other has it. So all three of us are going to come together and we're going to make sure that we have what we need. Outside people know how to stick together. Somebody say we outside. <laughs> the, the Bible constructs this in this way. It was Elijah with a J that when he had been at the brook Cherith and the brook dried up, and God sent him, Elijah, who was an outside person at that point. The, the, they were in the middle of a famine. He didn't have water. He didn't have a place to stay. But what he did, God sent one needy person to meet the needs of another needy person. He didn't send Elisha to a rich couple's house, but no, he sent her down to the widow of Zarephath. And she was there, and when he got there, she said, what are you doing? And she said, i got a little meal. And she said, I'm going to make this little cake. So that me and my son can eat it, and then we can die. Of all the people that God could have sent Elijah to, he sent him to another needy 
person because outside people know how to help each other. Sent her to this house, and, and, and he said, well, I, I don't have a house, but you have a house. He said, but I got a, an anointing. So I'm going, you're going to share your house, and I'm going to share the anointing. <laughs> like, the song, like the song said, I, I, silver and gold I don't have, but such as I have. I'm going to share what I have with you, and you share what you have with me, because outside people know how to stick together. <laughs> so he told her, he said, this is what I need you to do. And, and, this is, and for your outside people, I, I need you to get this. This is how God works. He said, I want you to give what you have. Give what you have. He said, I want you to make me a cake first. Now, 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 now some inside people don't understand that because they're like, that math ain't mathing. How, how is she going to make him the only cake that she has available and, and they be blessed and they eat later? But, 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 but two outside people have an understanding that you're going to give me what you have and I'm going to bless you with what I've got. So she said, all I have is a cake. So what, what, what does it hurt me to give him all the last of what I have? It doesn't hurt me to give him that. I, I've gone through so much, it doesn't hurt to give this. And, I, and that's that outside mentality. I've been through too much not to trust God with this. <laughs> oh, oh, come on in here with me. I've been through too much. I, I've, been, I've suffered long enough that for me not to trust God with this. It's the same faith of the woman with the issue of blood. She said, I done tried everything else. She's like, I might as well try this. I've been outside this long. I might as well give the little least of devotion that I have so that I can receive my blessing. So she made him a cake. And after she made him a cake and after he ate, it said that that meal barrel did not fail. <laughs> Somebody said the meal barrel. It did not fail. It, it did not fail. It kept producing. And now notice this, and this is how God works. This is how you know God's in it. God didn't send her a brand new meal barrel. That's not how God works. And, and I'm going to help somebody here if you listen. Some of you all expecting something new to pop in. But, but what he did is he caused what was already in her house not to fail. I want you to, I want you to get it. He didn't give her anything new. But he blessed what was already in the house and caused what was already in the house not to fail. And I, I, don't, know, I, I don't know what you have in your house, but, but baby, until God's ready, that car is not going to fail. Until, until he's through with you, that job is not going to fail. Until he, he's ready to get it done, that loan is not going to fail. That, that, that bank account is not going to fail. Whatever you have in the house, God said, you're waiting for something new to arrive, but I'm going to call Whatever you have in the house is not going to fail. Somebody say it's not going to fail. Oh, somebody say it to yourself. Touch yourself and say it's not going to fail. My health is not going to fail. Hallelujah. My finances are not going to fail. My credit is not going to fail. Whatever it is that's sustaining me right now, God's going to use what I already have in the house. And it's not going to fail. I, I dare you to just lift up your hands and say it's not going to fail. He calls that he calls that, that meal barrel not to fail. So she didn't get a new meal barrel. But what she had to do was keep reaching in the old barrel. <laughs> and I came to tell somebody, God is using your faith, and he's going to cause you to keep reaching in. And every time you reach in, 
There's going to be something there. Somebody say, reach in. Every time you reach in, there's going to be something there. Every time you try it, it's not going to fail. And that's what God is saying to you. He said, you're going to keep going back to the barrel. Keep going back to it. And whenever you reach in, it's not going to fail. Keep on cranking that car until it gets you a new one. God said, it's not going to fail. He said, keep reaching in and I'm going to cause it not to fail. Say it again. Lift those hands and say, it won't fail. So it caused the meal barrel not to fail. And, that, and that's what outside people do. They learn to work together. I'll tell you something us else outside people do. Outside people know how to praise the Lord. Come on in here, outside people. I said, outside people know how to praise the Lord. I can see the outside people going through a trial, going through a storm, and they see you inside people, and they say, that inside little pity pat, that's cute, and your little inside child, that's nice, but I'm telling you, I'm praising him because I've been through something, and when you've been through something, you don't need the elder to tell you you got a reason to praise the Lord. You don't need the choir to sing the right song. You don't need the pastor to sing the perfect message. But you came in from the outside and you decided like David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I've been waiting all week for an opportunity to give God praise. Because you don't know what I've been through this week, but I'm so glad that I made it. I woke up this morning with my hands in the air and I said, thank God for one more day. I didn't think I would make it because of what I've been through, but I praise the Lord that I made it this morning. I thank God I'm breathing. I thank God my eyes work. I thank God my hands work. I thank God I got running in my feet. I praise the Lord because I've been outside and I came in this house. I'm not worried about what I'm wearing. I don't care if you look at me funny, but I came to give God the glory. I came to give him the praise because I know he's worthy. Somebody lift your hands and say, I know he's worthy. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody standing on your feet. Point at three people and say, I know he's worthy. I know he's worthy. I, I, I know I, I know he's worthy. Hallelujah. 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 Point at somebody and say, we outside. The final thing I, I want to give you, let me give you this before we go. I want you to notice something. That in the very first chapter of Job, in the first chapter, Job is already blessed. He's already blessed. We, we know he's blessed. It tells us of all of the things, the reasons why he's blessed. But you know what? At the end of the story, after he's been through so much, 
after he's been through the storm, after he's been through the trial, after he's lost so much, it says, the word says that Job received double because of everything that he'd been through. Let me tell you something. Let me give it to you this way. Job was blessed while he was inside the hedge, but he didn't get double until he lived outside. And I came to tell somebody who's living outside, God said, I'm giving you double for what you've been through. I'm giving you double for your embarrassment. I'm giving you double for your exposure. I'm giving you double because you learned how to praise me when everything seemed like it was going wrong. I'm giving you double just because you learned how to praise me on the outside. Put those hands together again and say, we outside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your message of encouragement to those of us who feel exposed, to those of us who feel like it's only trial after trial and storm after storm and turmoil after turmoil. Lord, we feel exposed. We feel that we're living outside the hedge of your protection. But Lord, while we're out here, we know we're out here for a purpose. And wherever we are, Lord, we may feel exposed, but we're never by ourselves. Lord, you said you'd never leave us, neither would you forsake us. But Lord, even as we praise you through our trials, as we praise you through our storm, we know, Lord, that you're going to bless us. You're going to give us that Job blessing. You're going to give us double for our trials, double for our trouble, double for praising you in the midst of all that we've been through. Because, Lord, you were teaching us how to praise you when it looks bad. You were teaching us how to give you the glory when everything looks like it's going wrong. You were teaching us how to offer a sacrifice of praise. And for that, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. We're going to give you the glory for the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we pray that you live by faith and expectation until we shall see you again. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by... Give a fun. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.